All right, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the Play More Podcast. This is Jay. I'm your host. Episode 47, and a Happy New Year again. So uh, I'm here with Mr. John Greaves III from Garage Gym Life Media. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. appreciate you having me. I'm so excited to have you in because we've, we've uh, definitely got similar interests. We cross paths in, in Multiple many times, ways. Multiple times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Tell me a little bit about Garage Gym Life Media. How you got into it? What what you why you here? Tell let's let's get to talk. Where do you want to start? Oh, okay. So the the basic thing is when I got out of college, um, I my first job was at a public gym, and so I started working out in college, and from that day until the day I left that um, public gym in two thousand, I or two thousand one. I had never paid a gym membership. And so when I got out, I tried to go a few times paying for the day pass and whatnot, probably three times at most, and I just couldn't do it. And it was also fairly inconvenient because I was working at a Fortune 500 company, so my days were irregular in length. I was salaried. So I never knew if I was going to get home in time to get to the gym because at the time, the gyms were not 24 hours. So... Um, I said, well, you know what, I need to do something. Fitness is a part of my life now. And so I went ahead and I bought two 70-pound dumbbells from the Palladium Sports in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Right, yeah. That is unfortunately no longer there, but I bought two 70-pound dumbbells from there. I bought a wooden box that they, the gym that was my former employer had had for their step aerobics class. They upgraded and got a bunch of Reebok steps. And so they had these wooden boxes in the back and... People were buying them for nostalgia reasons, so I paid five bucks for it. And I said, yeah, I just need a box. So that was my bench, and then these two 70-pound dumbbells, I could bench press them, I could do rows, and then I just started getting creative because that's all I had the money for at the time, and uh, that's where I started. And so after being a home gym owner um, for, I guess that's what, 20 years now? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I've seen the value of working out in a home gym for people, and I, I wanted to help other people who are either beginning their journey or they're at that critical three to five year mark where sometimes motivation starts to get low. Uh-huh. And I, I want to help them understand that you don't have to, all this stuff you spend money on, you don't have to just hang laundry on it. Uh, you can continue to pursue your goals and be an athlete who just happens to train at home. And so that's what Garage and Life Media is all about, is providing you information to help you, you know, if you've hit a plateau or something, it's like giving you ideas about different ways to work out so you can keep going. Or sometimes you know what you need to do, you're just not motivated to do it. So we give you information, we give you motivation, and we try to do that in multiple different, multiple ways. Yeah, that's awesome. I've checked out a couple of your videos, and he's all over YouTube. Got a whole, how many videos do you have out now? Uh, last count, 194 on that's my YouTube impressive. channel. That's, that's some work. <laughs> it is. I'm trying to. I'm constantly trying to do um, search engine optimization for it, and I'm learning as I go. So I've got stuff on there, and then it's funny because I'll figure out that I've got the wrong keywords or something on there. I've literally. I went to sleep one time. I did all the search engine optimization. Went to sleep and woke up, and the video had gone from 200 views to a thousand. And I was like, whoa, just what just that. happened? <laughs> I was like, what happened? So then I felt like an idiot because I was like, wait a minute, you mean that's all I had to do? Uh, but I know there's more to it than that. Well, you know, 
don't expect too many people to listen to this. I like your stuff, man. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, so that's that's um, that's inspiring. Are, do you still have a, a real job? I do, and I um, so Garage Gym Life is hopefully going to be my full time job, but right now it is my retirement plan. Oh. Uh, my grandfather was an entrepreneur, and he never actually retired. He just changed what he was doing, and yeah. as a result, he lived to 99. Whereas everybody I know who just retires either gets bored or unfortunately yeah, passes away. Dead in five years. Yeah, because they got nothing to do, because we are designed to have a purpose. And so my retirement plan is Garage Gym Life Media. Um, in some form or fashion, we're going to be doing it. So anyway, um, I work... Because I wanted to succeed, though, I left that job I was telling you about at the Fortune 500 company. I worked construction for about six months on a construction site. And then I, uh, I mean, and I, I had taken a $20,000 a year pay cut, but I knew that I wanted to do this thing. I knew I wanted to write. Different and possibly better quality of life. Right. It's like, well, I, I was in college to be a journalist. And then I was just, I just got disillusioned when I did my internship with the local paper up in Chattanooga. And I was like, this is not something I want to do because they had me like, aside from like some business spotlight stories, they had me doing political stuff, you know, local politics stuff, right? Special, check out this special purpose local option sales tax. And it's not that that bothered me, it's that I was interacting with politicians quite a bit. Yeah. And I was getting disillusioned by just the process of trying to get grown men to give me a straight answer grown men and women and so I just got frustrated I said I don't want to do this and that's actually how I ended up at the public gym because I had been working I had been working out since 1993 uh, and that was sparked by my girlfriend out bench pressing me my girlfriend at the time out bench pressing <laughs> oh, me and I said like, oh we'll never have that again so I started working out um, but because I've been doing it since from 93 to the I got out of college the people at the gym knew me and so they had an opening for a front desk person and so I moved I was I went live with my parents, and I said, I got to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. Got this job at the front desk, started being a personal trainer, and, you know, so on and so forth. Well, then I did that for five years, and unfortunately, I didn't know about freelance writing. And so I was just frustrated. I felt like I was stuck because I couldn't make a living. And it is, it's still very difficult to live, make a living as just a trainer. So I said, well, maybe I need to get a real job. And so I went to... I went and applied to the Fortune 500 company. It was doing insurance uh, claims. So I'm working there, and I was doing that for five years while at the same time I was in the Marine Corps Reserves. And I lived for my reserve weekends. I, I couldn't go active duty because um, I had a son. So my oldest son was a little boy at the time. He was, he was three years old when I went to boot camp. But his mother and I were not together. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a great relationship, but we realized that, you know, it's one of those things where we were more like friends mm -hmm. and it's not enough to build uh we're friends but we're in love let's put yeah, it like yeah, that yeah. so i was like all right so i didn't want to grow up want him to grow up without his dad around and so i couldn't go active duty so i used to live for my reserve weekends and i just kind of existed during the week during and the rest of the month working insurance claims getting yelled at for at, by people who were in an accident that i wasn't even in i'm like what are you cussing at me for i wasn't even in the accident Dude, it's like I said in retail. It's an ass whooping every day. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, look, what are you mad at me? I'm trying to help you. But anyway, so then uh, then I got deployed to Iraq with my reserve unit, and I helped to take the city of Fallujah. Got a, and I, in the middle of combat, I, I think I had this epiphany 
we had um, a rocket went over our, our heads. And at the time, Fallujah was called the Triangle of Death. So we're in the middle of firing uh, to support someone, uh, firing these cannons to support someone. And while doing that, someone unconnected to the battle, the firefight that we were helping out with, someone unconnected to that fired at us and knocked a hole. It went right over our heads and knocked a hole in the wall that separated us from outside Fallujah. And so in the middle of all this chaos, when everything calmed back down, I realized, I said, you know what? I would rather do this than sit in a cubicle and get yelled at for an accident I was never in. I have to figure out a way to get out of that company. And so I ended up, uh, when I, I said, well, what do I know how to do? And I started writing in Iraq. I wrote uh, my first, uh, I wrote a, started working on a fiction, story, fiction novel. But when I came to, back to the States, I started you know, exploring freelancing. And I realized quickly freelance writing required time that I didn't have while I was working That's in church lanes. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I have to, I, I don't have the time to do this. I need to have more time. So I need to free up time. So I went, I quit. The insurance company took a, like I said, $20,000 a year pay cut. And I went to work for a construction company because they worked four tens instead of, the insurance company had me working five days a week and, and one weekend a month. Okay, so I'm in the reserves, plus I'm giving up one week in a month for the insurance company, so I didn't have time to write. So I take the pay cut, start working on the construction site, and then I left that job and got another construction job that was a little bit closer to home and uh, paid a little bit more money, and that's why I started doing my freelance writing. And that is actually what morphed into Garage Gym Life Media because I was doing research for stuff, because I was, I mean, for those who don't know, like for freelance writing, what you do is you basically, you... You come up with an article idea, you pitch that idea to an editor, the editor decides if they want to do it. And then if they say yes, then you go find out about that topic and you interview people and you write your story. But I also wanted, they said, you know, that one thing that would help you is if you raised your kind of like your visibility level, people know about you, so you got a blog. I said, well, what am I gonna blog about? Well, what do I know about? Well, all this time I've been working out from home, steadily all this time I was buying, I literally was coming here buying equipment from you guys and from other places. So I said, you know what, I know a lot about that. And that's how I started blogging Garage Gym Life uh, Media. And I just started looking around like, wait a minute, there's really nothing about us, you know, about this culture. And it is a culture. That's what's so it, cool yeah, about it. There's, there's nothing about it. And I was like, there, you know, anytime you saw anything about working out at home, it was always, well, from the perspective of if you belong to a public gym and you just couldn't get there momentarily. I just supplemented it. Oh, yeah, man. you know, just take some two cans of soup and use them for waste. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, that wouldn't even appeal to me. So that's where it started to snowball. I said, well, let, I need to do something. And you did have uh, a guy named Coop from Garage Gym Reviews who was starting at the same time. And he his thing was reviewing home gym equipment. And he very quickly became popular because people who were beginning their home gym journey, hey, I wish he had been around before me so I could have used his site to find out about sure. what I wanted to buy. But I said, well, he's kind of got that cornered. Well, what can I do? And I, oh, well, you know what? Coop is great for people who are just starting out and who are in buy stuff mode. Yeah. But what about when people get past that? What happens when you get home with the equipment? Now you don't have anybody who's telling you how to use it. And I'm not a coach. I'm not, I mean, I, I gave up my... CSCS certification with the NSCA years ago, decades ago. 
but I do know how to recognize when somebody is a good coach because of my background. Mm -hmm. And so what we try to do is just expose people to different training ideas that have value for them in a home gym, from the perspective of a home gym environment first. I like I like that about your, your what do you call it, your site? Your, your, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the site because, I mean, we have a magazine as well, but you're pretty much going to find you out your a lot videos. of videos. Really, yeah. I, I ripped through a few of them, and, and there's a lot of good pointers in there. Okay. And um, things I didn't know, you really? know. Okay. So one of the things I love so much about working out, and I my my home gym is at my garage. Yeah. It's a basement. Is that still? Oh, around? that's fine. <laughs> okay. Man, home, uh, backyard, basement, spare bedroom, shed, barn, garage, attic, uh, oh. front porch. These are just places that I've where I've interacted with people who have home gyms. And it's all good. It's yeah, all good. I meant to take pictures because I really want to show you. I'm so proud of my yeah, gym. I want to see it. I want to see it. And uh, it's, you know, it, it was hand-picked pieces over years. Yeah. It was expensive. I'm in the business, so a little easier for me. But it was still expensive for me. Yeah. And uh, it's my favorite room in my house, period. Oh, I understand. No matter yeah. it's Because what. it's personal. It is everything to me. And some days I have an impressive Herculean kind of effort. Yeah. And other days I'm flat on my back. Going, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's real life. And and workouts change and adapt over the years. Yeah. And so I was curious with you, how have you how have you um, your your views on what you've done to get fit years ago, which is your seventy pounders, to where you're at now, and where you might be ten years from now. Oh, okay. That's um, okay. So first of all. Um, when I was doing the 70 pounders, I was in the Marine Corps Reserves. So, um, my, and the reason that's important is because in the Marine Corps Reserves or not, you have an annual physical fitness test. I was in artillery as well, and so I had a physical demanding job. You have a thing where basically there's a time hack. Um, you have to load rounds to fire, uh, and then, you know, basically you have to be able to load and fire within a certain amount of time. Um, the goal, and we achieved it actually in a, when we were in Iraq, the goal is 14 seconds from sh from one shot to the next, right? Load, fire, and, all, and there's a bunch of stuff going on. So as a result, Heavy, you're, awkward, yeah, because you're yeah. carrying these, the, so if people don't know, then the rounds are, at the time I was in, the rounds range from 65 to 95 uh, pounds. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so definitely. So you're unloading them from the truck. You, I mean, it's constant, right? All day. Plus all the other stuff. I mean, yeah. the, the, you got to dig. You When you get to a position, you don't just, okay, well, we set up and we're good. No, you have to get there. You actually have to dig the cannon in. Like, live physically, you dig into the ground because what you want is it has these, uh, the, so when you, you like watch like Civil War movies or something like that, and they fire the cannon, the recoil will make the cannon roll backward. Well, the way we avoid that with modern cannons um, is you they have these they have, well yeah but they have spades that are almost like a, a bulldozer spade uh, and they dig into the ground but the thing is because of how they're shaped if you don't dig a starter hole they'll just skid across the ground with that first shot so you dig starter holes it doesn't matter how hard the ground is you're digging that hole okay so I don't want to hear it John <laughs> dig a hole man that's right it's so it's a physical job so mo most of my training then was based around being in shape for that okay. because being in shape you got to do the job. And you and were also younger governs, anyway, so you're Yeah, well, and it shape. governs your promotion because, you know, if you don't, I mean, I went in, I was a little bit older uh, when I went into the Marine Corps, and so I had a bunch of guys who were 
two, three years older, uh, younger than me telling me what to do, and I didn't like that. So no I said, all right, I'm going to get promoted for, past you. And one way to do that is meritorious promotion. To do meritorious promotion, you have to be in, you have to get what they call a first-class physical fitness test. So my training was geared around that. Then um, I was also, like I was young, so I was also competing in martial arts. So I was competing in kickboxing. And so the year that, the year before I uh, left the public gym, I had gone to nationals in International Kickboxing Federation. I got the silver medal. Well, when you do that, people are going to be calling you, hey, I want to fight you because they want to move up in the rankings. You can't win, man. Yeah, you know when you win. <laughs> so, Someone wants to take you so down. So I'm doing martial arts. I'm, you know, I'm in the Marine Corps reserves. You know, so that's what my training was based around. Geared towards that. Exactly. So then that's I, what this, that's what I like to think the Play More podcast is, is ultimately about, is doing the things you like to do, but you have to prepare exactly. prior to make yourself less vulnerable uh-huh. and uh, be able to do the things you like to do. Yeah. And it's like, so I started getting older, accumulating injuries here and there because I'm competing in a, mar- in a sport where people are hitting you. Um, and then I'm in, you know, I had injuries related to being in the military, uh, from d- being deployed, just whatever. All right, so now my training changes. I've got kids. And so n- then I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be one of those weekend warrior dads that goes out and does something and gets hurt. Just, you know, I went running with my kids one day. And I, exactly, it's like I heard this pop. I said, what was that? It was my calf. Oh. My calf ended up swelling up. It was huge. I said, okay, this, we have to change our training. So, um, just adapt. Yeah. So I started tra- changing my training. That was the beginning of me changing my training for the sake of being healthy enough to play with my kids. And isn't that interesting? Because here you were you were working out prior to that and during yeah. that, right? Yep. But your body still failed, which you you were geared, you were putting in all the effort. Yep. But at that time, your knowledge wasn't there. Exactly. So you had weak points. Yep. And and your body let you know. Yep. And, and, and then know, uh, only then do you, yeah. do you and I'm talking to me and everybody. <laughs> yeah. Do we say, "Oh boy, I got to figure something out. I've got to change my workout." Yeah, I mean, and with perspective now, I look back and I understand what happened because um, by that time, so this by 2008, I got out, I was out of the Marine Corps, but I was still working out, and I had decided I wasn't competing in kickboxing anymore, but I was competing in powerlifting, and so my training shifted. Uh, no longer in the Marine Corps. I'm competing in powerlifting, so my training is to support me in powerlifting so I don't get hurt in powerlifting and so I can um, lift as much weight as possible, you know, go after state records, all that kind of stuff. Well, the thing is... You gained a bunch of weight? I did. I gained a lot of weight, but more than that, I got another wake-up call because I got a cancer scare. Oh. Um, I had this lump on my leg that had to be removed, and um, they said I was cancer-free, um, it turned out it was a false alarm. Uh-huh. I was cancer free, but in the process of it, at the same time, I also um, was preparing for a powerlifting competition, and my goal at that competition was just to bench press more than 350 pounds. I had bench pressed 350, and I would always get stuck at 350. So I said, "All right, I'm going to do this competition." I I literally had bench pressed 350 earlier that month at a competition. I said, well, I normally don't do two competitions a month. I'm going to do another one. So I go to do the second competition. This is, um, I believe, 2015. I go to do this other, com- I go to, com- uh, do this other competition, and the last 
set. The last rep of the last set of my last training session before the competition, I'm bench pressing downstairs. The bar comes down. I hear pop, 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 pop. Oh, boy. So my sons uh, run down. They hear me screaming. They run downstairs. They get the bar off of me. And I'm like, ah. So the smart person, today I'd be done. I was but back then I said, oh, okay, I'll just rest. I don't have that was my last competition, last <laughs> training minutes. session. Anyway, <laughs> we'll just rest, right? So a week later, it's the competition. I go to the competition. I attempt to uh, start with my opener, which was 3:30. I was gonna go three. The plan was 3:30, 3:45, 3:55. I said I can do that. I just would have broken that 350-pound barrier. Well, at 330 pounds, we take the weight off, pop, and they had to take it from me. I had to go to the hospital, and they said I had, uh, I was afraid I had torn something, but they said I had strained my pec minor, and uh, so I had to go do a bunch of rehab because of that. So I'm doing that rehab, I find, and then while there, I said, hey, what's this lump on my leg since I'm in here, doc? And that's when they said, whoa, is that cancer? Because I had on long pants, I rolled my, my pant leg up, and then I said, by the way, I'm here anyway, what's this? And so... How long you had that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I mean, it, like we actually called it. We started calling it Fred. We said uh, it was so big. Oh, we were joking about how my kids. Uh, I said one of my kids' toys might have gotten stuck in there. I cut my leg, and my kids. I said we'll open that up, and it'll be like a toy truck <laughs> <Christmas>. in there. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So time capsule. Yeah. So I was like, uh, so I was recovering from the the pec injury, and get this cancer scare, and again, that's when I said, like, okay, you need to stop training for the sport you happen to be interested in at the time. Instead, you need to train for health, and if you happen to see a sporting event you want to compete in, then maybe you train specifically for it for you know a period of time and go do it. Prior, yeah. yeah, but most of the time you need to be training for general health and fitness. That was my final epiphany, and so that's what I started doing, and that actually led me to start uh, pursuing more of a physical culture route, which I think is the way that uh, most people who train whether in a gym or in a home gym, should train because physical culture is about developing yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and you use exercise as a vehicle to learn things about yourself and the world around us. That's brilliant. I mean, and that really is the case. Yeah. Everything uh, for me is, is, is physical therapy mindset. Yeah. And, and everything every little component that you mentioned is all an important piece of the puzzle. Yep. And it's so interesting. I've never, I mean, I power lift, but yeah. not to compete. Yeah, I got you. I'm yeah. a skinny guy, you know, but I, 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 every day I try to train. You gotta say I'm wiry. I'm wiry. <laughs> like a spider monkey. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, um, it's funny because I, even in, in whatever I, Whatever weight I'm lifting, I'm gonna do squats or something. Yeah. Well, when I was stronger, really doing more consistent, you know, power lifting kind of, of exercises, I could do you know whatever weight I did. But then now I'm not doing as many of that types of lifts, and I'm incorporating you know yoga and Pilates and, and lifting and squatting yeah. and doing all that other, but slipping all these other little elements in. Yeah. And I find when I go back to do some of those exercises, I'm I'm nearly as strong. Because my connect my connective tissue is, is more a more flexible limber when I go down for the squat, you're not exactly. compensating and, yeah. and, and you can go down further and yeah. comfortably. And it just it that's enlightening it was a light bulb moment to me as well. It's 
So it's weird because I think that strength sports are the only facet of sports where people think that they should only do the stuff that applies to their sport. So we're in the NFL season as we're recording this. Imagine if football players only did the workouts that have to do with football. So in the well, off they season, did, they did tell modern day trainers. So. Yeah, said so, well. So imagine in the off season, you don't do yeah. anything for yourself to build your body up, like they said, to prepare you for the rigors of the season. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you didn't do that, you'd end up injured. And you see that the people who either don't do or anything, yeah. or the ones who only do the football specific workouts they end up not having long careers. Whereas guys who have a long career in the uh, NFL or whatever end up paying more attention to their body and having a more holistic approach. You can like, I mean, we have social media now, so if you find somebody, so let's say Tom Brady. Tom Brady. You go look at Tom Brady. He's a surfer, dude. You see all the stuff. He, yeah, he see all the other stuff he does. If you can surf. Aside from football-specific training. Yeah. It's part of longevity. Well, in strength sports, you always find people who say, well, all you need to do is the stuff that's related to your sport. Yes, that will get you to the top faster, but you will crash and burn because you haven't paid attention to all of the connective tissue, as you said, that supports these things that you're asking your body to do. I mean, when I worked in a public gym, it was nothing to see guys who could bench press 400 pounds, and they'll come in and they're, and I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. What's, what's been going on? Oh, I hurt myself. How'd you do that? Man, it was the craziest thing. I was in the grocery store. I bent over to pick up something, and I pulled my back out. I'm like, but you lift weights all the time, and I never understood what it was. But we were conditioned to believe, and this is nothing that hurt me, we are conditioned to believe that if you develop each muscle group in your body equally, you actually don't have to stretch. And I understand the, the rationale behind that because um, everything being constant tension, so, for example, if my arm is just hanging down straight, technically I'm stretching my bicep, right? But the thing is, that only applies to just living a normal life. It's when you decide to ask your body to do something unusual that it has to have the ability to go to these other end ranges of tolerance without breaking, right? So, think about this, um, just to put it in terms that people can understand. You have a bodybuilder. They're their bodies are dependent on being developed completely. Mm-hmm. So you have a judge who's going to look at you from all angles. They make them spin around, right? So they develop fully. If a bodybuilder falls down the stairs, he has to have surgery. Some, your drunk uncle who never works out falls down the stairs. <laughs> and, well, first of all, if he's drunk, he doesn't even know it. <laughs> but the next day, he's fine. It's fine. Does that mean you should quit lifting weights and just drink? No, the point is your uncle hasn't done things to himself to push his body beyond the limits, or his liver possibly, but his his muscles and joints and tendons haven't been asked to do things without preparation that they're not ready to do. I mean, well, it it goes back to, like you said, the physical culture. And I I really love that because um, we're all busy. Everyone is so busy, right? And I fully believe that when it comes to exercise or training or anything physically mindsetted, that you want to get some of that every day. And, uh, you know, you might have a rest or stretch day, but again, that's a piece of the puzzle. But for the most part, you can train a different body part every day. And a lot of people want to 
wait, they're work all day to late at night, and then they're on their phones, and they're in the car, and they're seated, yeah. and then this and that, and it's stress. And like, well, I'll catch up on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And then that could be not only with lifting weights, it could be cleaning the house or yep. yard work or stuff. You could sneeze. You what? could sneeze. I know people since I'm doing this now. I know people have told me that they sneezed and and threw something out. Well, again, when I was lifting. Uh, more powerlifting, but not supplement it with all those other things like yeah. yoga and things. I I, mo- I was more boxy the way I moved. Okay, I felt yeah. slower and stiffer, and it took me a while to yeah. warm up. And I was I was more uh, you know unilateral. I was just one yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah. But I got into surfing as an adult, so okay. um, a, a lot of my training. That's a lot of stabilizer work. Yeah, and Definitely, because yeah. of that, yeah, I can pop out of bed. I feel more youthful. Okay. You know, yeah. and I don't pull my back as often, or as, okay. not as doesn't take me as long to you know warm yeah. up. You know, but to your point from earlier, yeah, this is this has been our off season here for these last two months because we surfed a lot last year. Okay, and uh, and you know, so we're paddling, we're in the prone position, yeah. and you know, arch in the back. It's all good, all good. But that's all we do, right? So, yeah. other than my training, yeah. to compensate. And, and okay. work opposing muscles, and so right. especially over this winter, because I know we're going to be well next yeah. week. We're going to Costa Rica to go surfing again. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought with that. That's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, well, all right. Well, let's go to something else. And so, um, but you say you're basically you're getting ready for what you know you're about to have to go do. So your training right now is geared around making sure you can go to Costa Rica, enjoy your time there. And not come yeah, by, yeah, and not up. get injured, but also yeah. not get tired fat too fast. Yeah, so you can actually enjoy it. You can, you can do exactly. the things you want to do. That's right. Thank I you. mean, let's just make it simple, right? So let's say you're a, a dad or a mom, right? And your kids want to play touch football in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be able to actually play, or do you want to be so tired <laughs> that you have to constantly stop and rest? Like, ooh, daddy can't do it. Ooh. Daddy can't run with you. You know what I mean? You never catch up if you try to be a weekend warrior. Exactly. It can't happen. Exactly. If you do a little bit every day, you schedule a meeting. Yeah. We scheduled this podcast. You schedule yeah. lunch. You schedule an email, a conference call. Make a it important, call. and it will be important. And that's just it. It is so, it is, it's such a stress killer. Yeah. It, you can feel your breathing slowing down. Yeah. You find you sleep better. You're a better dad, husband, father, wife, mother. You're useful. Yeah, oh, like there's, oh, I mean, yeah. there's um, so there's a, that's actually the title of a of a book, um, and I forgot who the author is, but he said it was basically, are you useful? Like, wow. is your training making you more useful, or is your training making you a burden? And I would say that. If you are, and I understand, if you're a bodybuilder and you're planning on getting on stage, you need to have a, some selfishness at a certain point in the training you cycle. Tax the body. Because you need to focus. I mean, first of all, you know, you're going to events, and you know, you, let's say your your show is next month. You're in the heat of your diet, and people are uh, making you. You get over there, and we're a culture that's centered around food. So what do you want? To, hey, let's go out and eat with friends. Hey, let's go over to so-and-so's house. Oh, oh, I made you stuff because you're coming over. Aunt Francie made me this because it's my birthday. So you don't want to be that guy that's showing up with, you know, chicken breast and a Tupperware, right? (laughs) But at the same time, my answer to that is, well, first of all, you want to schedule your show so that it doesn't happen around those important events. 
so that you're not that guy. And number two, um, you have to, uh, what I've heard from people who I know who are bodybuilders, say at a certain point in your year, your training year, you go overboard on being available so that people understand, hey, I need to do this thing at this moment in time, mm -hmm. but it's temporary, I'll be back, and in fact, I could use your help. So still, don't push your family and your friends out of your life, even if they don't work out. They will be proud of you because, I mean, I, I had people at my church pray for me. I was going to a powerlifting meet. They're like, oh, he's going to a powerlifting competition. None of us understand anything about it, but we understand it's important to him. Uh, so, yeah. hey, let's all pray that he goes, that he does well, he doesn't get hurt. You know, people are excited about what's going on with you, right? And I think that too often, especially when we're in a home gym, we tend to push everyone else away because it's so personal to us. Like you were saying, your home gym is your favorite room in the mm -hmm. house. Yes. That's because it's personalized, right? Yes. That room is a true, I mean, probably to a certain extent, even more than your office is. Oh, and Jay's got an awesome office. Like, he's got these posters and stuff on here. <laughs> you, that's the main reason to get invited on the podcast, so you can come look at Jay's office. But I'm an old, I'm an old hippie wannabe. I'm telling you, you see all this stuff in here. But even more than this office, I would say, your home gym is a reflection of your personality. Mm -hmm. And so the temptation is for it to just be in just you. Just in, and it's very easy to become inward there, which is, again, part of the physical culture thing. Like for me, my workouts tend to be moving meditation. But at the same time, I got a five-year-old. Moving uh, meditation. That basically yeah. means you're in the present. Exactly. I'm, I'm doing my, uh, my, so my favorite football team's head coach, Ron Rivera, says be where your feet are. Okay? Wow. And so that's how I, when I'm working out, my feet, I'm there. But at the same time, if my little girl comes in and she says, hey, daddy, I'm about to do this. Depending on what I'm doing, I am fully comfortable with stopping and saying, okay, show me what it is. Yeah. Or, and, and this is so powerful. So many parents, listen, if you, don't, if you ignore everything else I say, this is an opportunity to teach your kids, okay, to respect other people's time. So my little girl runs in. She's five. Since, I mean, well, I remember deadlifting when she woke up in the middle of the night. She couldn't go back to sleep. My wife needed to go to work the next day. So I took her downstairs. I said, well, she's awake anyway. Took her downstairs. I threw on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I had to do my deadlifts anyway. So I deadlifted with my baby in the little mm -hmm. carry right there. So she's growing up around it. But Which is been, a, what a wonderful thing. Yeah, she's growing up seeing it as normal. All of my boys, I have, I have four boys, and I have my five-year-old little girl. And they're all, every one of them, they just see that as a normal part of life. You work yeah. out. But more to my point, she'll come in, and I've trained her. Just like if she sees me about to do something, I'll say it's Daddy's turn. All right, I do my set. She also understands that depending on what I'm doing, she knows how far back to be. Uh, so I don't have to worry about her just running off, right? And that was a process. Sure. But she's five years old. Yeah. She's fully comfortable standing right there, um, and watching me do something. I'm de I'm deadlifting. My daughter is maybe five feet at most away from me. Right. I'm doing a Steinborn or a Rockover squat. Um, and you guys can see me doing uh, a Steinborn on our Instagram or whatever. Or you just Google Steinborn. It's named after Henry Steinborn, a physical culturist. And what you basically do is you stand the barbell up on its end, put it on your shoulders, and rock uh, over, okay. yeah, right? Yeah. My little girl, I've done that with, my, with 315 pounds, and my little girl was six feet away. And she just stood and waited. Why? Because it's daddy's turn. Yeah, beautiful. And after the set is over, I put the weight down. Guess what? She said, now it's my turn. Yeah, this is your here. turn. Help? Yeah. Tell me what you need. Yeah. I mean, I've literally, in between sets, I've had to draw chalk on the driveway. We got <laughs> Hey, it's, 
That set's over. It's time to draw flowers in chalk on the driveway. Yeah. Well, for one thing, that gives you a, a rest period. <laughs> All right? And for <laughs> right. another thing, it lets her know that you think that fitness is important and that she's important, too. Oh, beautiful. And both of those are so true. Yeah. And she learns to, to respect your time. Daddy says, wait a minute. I need to wait patiently. Guess what she's going to have to learn to do in school? Oh. We can't all talk at the same time. Work, school, wait your turn. life, on the Wait bus, your turn. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's so, that's what I'm saying. Parents, literally do not exile your kids from your home gym and let them come in there. The dog walks. My dog knows if I'm stretching on the ground, it's nothing for the dog to come over and lick me on the face, and then it's time for me to do something. The dog just, I just say, all right, and the dog will just move. Why? Because you just, we do what we're accustomed to, and I've accustomed them to me making my health a priority. My cat climbed on my back when I was doing yoga. <laughs> legendary. <laughs> Remember those pictures they used to have with the, like the goat yoga? So yeah, people doing yoga. <laughs> I was like, people doing yoga and there's goats there. That, uh, I just what I thought of when you said your cat doing yoga with you. That's hilarious. <laughs> cat pose. All right. So of the, of the people you've had the, the opportunity to uh, interview and check out their home gyms, I'm sure you've got some favorites. What, oh, what are some God. of the aspects of a gym that made you really like this guy? Man, this is a good setup. Okay, so it's sort of difficult because, as I said, a home gym is so personal. We have a we have and there's a no wrong answer by the oh, way. Oh no no Again, no! Again, my workouts have changed over the years. Yeah yeah. And as long as you're doing it, yeah, that's the best workout plan in the world. So for the most part. Yeah, I mean that's so. I come at it from a different perspective. So I we have a T-shirt that uh, I'm fairly fond of. And, I mean, we don't really sell a lot of T-shirts, but primarily it's because the shirts are made based on what mood I was in at the time. Sure. And it was a phrase that came to me, and it just spoke to me. All right. And the shirt says, I own the best gym in town. I'll get you a shirt. And it says, I own the best gym in town. And we actually are thinking about making a poster, of a banner that says that, welcome to the best gym in town. Ooh, yeah. And you hang it up on the wall, and it's nobody may see it. But it's one of these things, again, that motivates you. Motivate you don't yourself. need to leave your home gym. Hey, I'm in the best gym in town. I don't care what you have in there. It's personally, it's custom tailored to you like a suit. Yeah. So compare a suit that's custom tailored to you versus the most expensive suit that you buy just off the rack. Which one's going to fit better? The custom tailored suit that right. you had altered. So that's, that's how I approach looking at these gyms. Because on our channel, on our YouTube channel, we have tours from home gyms from literally every continent and all different budgets every every continent multiple budgets so we have a gym that is uh, filled with it's in nigeria it's in a, this guy's backyard and he outfitted it with concrete weights he poured the concrete himself uh it's just some uh pig iron that mm -hmm. he's using as the bar and whatnot all right um then we've also got a uh, a home gym tour that's fairly popular i just did it with the owner of fit inc apparel his name is travis brown and he decided when the lockdown happened, he's like, I need to have, I'm, a, I'm owner of a fitness company. I got to do fitness shots. This gym is actually part, is actually a photo studio, not just somewhere to work out. I need to have a gym. So he created basically a commercial gym that only he and his wife use. And it's on his property, right? So, but it's more focused towards bodybuilding stuff. And it's got like, um, he uses a lot of arsenal strength products and things like that. Uh, but he's got some other things there. A whole bunch of uh, Ivanko's. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's technically it's Ivan Co's, but Ivanko uh, uh, weight plates mm -hmm. um, that he's got in there. And so I'm looking at the two extremes. I remember a guy who's, um, we got a tour from a guy in New Delhi. 
and he worked out on his rooftop. He's got a rooftop gym, so so you know the rain in New Delhi is a big deal. It's there's a monsoon, yeah, right? Okay, He's so got a tarp. He puts over so it so he can continue to work out. Go. Yeah, or it's really muggy, so he's got to wake up extra early because it's, you know, when it's in the... Impressively hot. Yeah, whatever is very... Uh, especially in rain season because it's very, very humid all the time there, yeah. right? And that's outfitted with stuff that can handle being out in the elements. It doesn't have a bunch of stuff. He's got a bunch of homemade stuff there, too. Hey, I'm like, that's the best gym awesome. in town. That... The, the best gym is the one you're using. Yeah, the gym that Travis Brown has with all the bodybuilding stuff. Mm-hmm. He's using it. It's supporting his needs to stay in shape, he and his wife. Also, for him to be able to have people come in that work for his company, they come in and do fitness shoots there, wearing their apparel or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the best gym in town. The gym that's in Nigeria, in this guy's backyard. He's actually using it to um, uh, prepare himself. He's, he's trying to get a, um, a job as a security guard. And he needed to get bigger, and he's also competing in weightlifting at the local level there. So he's training on this stuff. It's the best gym in town. So what I look at is, does this gym serve your needs? Is it adaptable as your needs change? Mm. And do you have an open mind about what you do in there? I like that. Those make it the best gym in town, and that's what I look for. So... It's difficult because I, I quite literally, I get stuff from people all the time. They're just sending me pictures. Yeah, if you're listening right to this, yeah. yeah, so if you're on Instagram, go to Akarajim Life Media, and you can send us a video of yourself working out in your home gym, and we'll sh- and you know you follow us, and then we'll share it yeah. in our Instagram stories and show other people how awesome you are, right? So I see a lot of this stuff. Mm, but I'm always like, is this, are, okay, are you doing something because you saw other people doing it? And that's fine, but are you basically just carbon copying other people, or you are you doing some thought? Yeah. yeah, or are you doing something that actually fits what you say your goal is? Because mm. I recognize that some people are just they're lifting because it's mental therapy for them. Sure. Okay, and that's great. And I could go outside and throw a rock in the air multiple times, and it's soothing, right? But I'm not sure that's the best thing for me physically because i got to catch that. It's going to come back down. That's how gravity works, right? <laughs> so it feels great to fling this rock up in the air, but if I'm catching it constantly, or even if I'm not, it's hitting my lawn and tearing my lawn up, yeah. maybe I can find another way to do it. So I don't know if my workout's productive and if it actually meets my goals of wanting to be healthy for my kids. You know what I mean? Right. So is it meeting your goals? Are you open-minded? And is it flexible and adaptable as your training goals and needs change? So your gym... Yeah. Looks pretty sweet. Thanks, sir. I like the, I like the walls. Is that yeah. like some kind of shiplap on there? It is shiplap, yeah. Yeah, that looks so cool. Yeah, we had it updated because I also, I do all my interviews from there. Yeah. Um, so uh, it had to basically look good. Is so, it heated? Oh, yeah. We have a, well, we, we use a, a portable heater. Yeah. We thought about just tying into the existing duct system, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't cost effective to do it. Yeah. Um, our house was built in the 90s, early 90s. And so the way that they put in the duct system wasn't conducive to just running a heater there. If we, this is, ooh. Portable heater will take it 20 degrees. Yeah, I mean, I use like a little kerosene heater, and I mean, it it gets too hot in there. So, you know, and then there are days when I don't use it at all. I just open the doors because, again, adaptable. Sometimes I need need to do cold weather training, you know. Um, And so I'll just just open the doors up and let that, let my brown fat build up a little bit because of the cold weather Russian training. training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's another way. If, let's say you want to lose body fat and you're too lazy to run. You don't, I don't feel like doing it or whatever. Open uh, the window. You, you can literally, you, quite literally, you can just spend more time in the cold. You'll build up more brown fat cells and your body will start to burn fat faster. 
Um, so you'll be able to. I like to finish with cold showers. Yeah, yeah, that's good for it. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like, good. I mean, I, I haven't gotten to the point of doing like ice baths or anything, but they say there's a guy named Wim Hof, and he's like, he's big into that. He said the more you do that, the healthier you, that is for your immune system. Your joints will feel better. I have done that uh, ice baths for my um, for my knee and whatever, but I haven't done ice baths just for the sake of. You yeah, know, I know fat. that's a commitment there. But, uh, yeah. I would love to. Um, that I, dude, Wim Hof has a, he's a picture of himself climbing a mountain. All the people, so typically I say, you want to do what the people who are from there, you only do what the people who are from there would do, and you actually want to back off a little bit because they're used to that environment. Right, right. So you actually don't push yourself as far as the people who are from an area would do it, right? This is the exception. The people who are his guides, the Sherpas, they're wearing warm clothing, right? They look sensible. Wim Hof's there in a t-shirt and shorts. He takes his shirt off, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you have lost your mind. Yeah, that guy, uh, we, well, yeah. we talked to him about, about him on the podcast several episodes. Uh, um, so yep. I try to keep it short on him. But I've experimented with that breathing technique yep. of his. And let me tell you, you feel like a million bucks wow. uh, when you do it. Um, have, you, have you ever experimented with his breathing? Not with the breathing technique. I, like I said, I, I have done the uh, cold exposure yeah. Um, just go outside, just a t-shirt, and just like I basically I went for a walk. Um, I w- I went for a walk in a just in a t-shirt, and a, I don't know if I was wearing shorts or, or just a pair of jeans. And I tried to walk normally because that's one of the things that he says is like you try not to shiver, force your body's natural regular regulatory systems to handle the cold, and and you'll and adapt. They will. And yeah, and they do. They, you adapt. An animal can't go inside and turn on the heat, put that's a coat right. on or something. They. Yep. control their breathing yeah yeah you know, I so after doing some of his uh, breathing techniques and stuff uh, I last winter I haven't done it yet this winter but I'd, I'd walk outside in, in shorts bare feet yeah. on, the, on the brick patio yeah and, and you're uh, fine no shirt 23 degrees was as cold as it got when I tried it yeah and I was fine wow yeah you know and normally I'm not like that yep. you know? it's uh, funny because like I said I can go outside in a cold in shorts and a t-shirt, if I, especially if I'm working out, I just walk out there and I'm fine. And my mom will come up. And she hates the cold. She'll come up and she'll see. She's like, she's come, and Put my wife. On, yeah. They're both like, you're going to freaking get sick and die right there in front of me. And the and weird like, thing is, it's a hundred percent the opposite. Yep. You stay healthier, which is which is so shameful or such a shame. Uh, there's so many things that we do as people that become normal and not normal. Yes. And if you walked out there and dropped down and started stretching, you know, like an animal would outside yeah. just out of the blue. I mean, people would think you're weird. Yeah, what's wrong with this guy? What's yeah. wrong with them? Yep. And yet, that person who's stretching has it figured out. Yep. Everyone else is the fool. Here's another one, barefoot training. So you, always, you mentioned when I was outside barefoot, and I, you have barefoot shoes on, and I, I mean, I'm wearing my, uh, what you call my minimus, yeah, my flat yeah, sole shoes. Yeah, yeah. Man, I... I remember when I first heard about barefoot training, it it struck a chord in me because, like I said, I've done martial arts. So I was accustomed to the idea of being barefoot. I was just training in my home gym barefoot because I'm used to doing it. I was really too lazy to put shoes on. Yeah. And then I started hearing about all the other benefits, and I noticed that despite the fact that I injured my knee in boot camp, yeah. um, I'm able to do a lot of things that people wouldn't expect me to be able to do, right? I mean, uh, I, I recently had a car wreck uh, back in October, um, I rolled over four times. Are you kidding me? Wow. I'm serious, yeah. But uh, And I'll talk more about that in a second. But the before that, I was 
headed for a 600 pound deadlift, all right? And so, I mean, I'm reasonably strong despite having this bad knee, right? Yeah. And when I was working out barefoot, people say, man, it's cra- that's crazy. Why? I can't believe you don't have shoes on. You need to have shoes on. Put on some shoes. What happens if you drop a weight on your foot? I'm like, well, okay, I'll tell you what. And I had this standing challenge. I the said, tell you what. Over here, yeah. Tell you what, go put on whatever shoes you're wearing. And I want you to take whatever, and you let me pick the weight, not let drop me just it drop on it on your, your foot, foot, right? And if it doesn't hurt your foot, then I'll put on shoes. You're not wearing steel toed boots. Yeah. yeah. So nobody ever took me up on the challenge. <laughs> I'm just like, look, yeah. it's you don't see the insidious chronic problems that you're developing for yourself because we're so accustomed to the idea that you have to wear shoes. Then you got the Tarahumara Indians in Mexico, and they're running 100 miles in basically sandals they made themselves or just really barefoot. Barefoot. And we're like, and they said the one thing that made their performance suffer was when this guy showed up and gave them some high-tech running shoes. Ruined them. Yep. They couldn't do anything. I mean, you know, these shoes I wear, they, they, they had to... They had, to, they had a class action lawsuit against them because they said, basically, you know, hey, dummy, it'll, it'll help your knees. Yeah. <laughs> well, they couldn't really prove it. Yeah. So in today's world, everyone wanted their money right. back, you know. But how could it not help your knees? I mean, yeah. any other shoe puts you in a forward lean. Yep. If it's got a heel built up or exactly. a, an arch support, which is all, you know, 100% Uneven wrong, wear because oh, your oh, hip... Man. I used to go through running shoes all of the time. My, hip, my hips would hurt. Yeah. And... Low back. Uh, I remember, yeah, I'm going to the chiropractor, like, what's wrong here? They said, well, we can put some lifts in your, we need to put some inserts in your shoes. You know what I started doing? I started wearing shoes with minimal drop. And, so those recommendations uh, and from doctors are 100% wrong. wrong in their even thinking. Wrong. All I did was change the kind of shoes that I was wearing, so now I'm wearing shoes that are flat sole like yours, yeah. or I'm barefoot. Guess what? No Pro- more problems. Problems went away. <laughs> problem solved. And guess what? That, the other thought. thing is, barefoot is free. You all may not know that. These aren't free. No, well, I mean, like, just being barefoot at home. I'd pay double if if all of a sudden it went up. That's been that important to me. Because I'm on my feet all the time in here. This is concrete. Yep. Carpeted concrete. Unforgiving. And uh, unforgiving. And so I had developed a lot of foot and ankle issues where where it hit me the most. Have you ever uh, tried a sand dune stepper? uh, No. If you have not, 100%. I get paid nothing for telling you this. Sand, the sand dune stepper it's about 300 bucks and you're like why am I going to pay $300 for a piece of uh, foam I listen promise the you. money we, that we as humans or the people spend on yeah. bullshit everybody listening to this spent $300 last year and you couldn't on something that you can't even remember telling me about it you spend 100 bucks going to dinner and it ends up in the yeah. toilet you know, you so don't think about the it. sand dune stepper is used in uh, D1 colleges is used in NFL NBA is used by high level athletes and the idea is it mimics and you'll understand as soon as I tell you this, it mimics walking on sand. So think about when you go surfing yeah, and you're on the beach yeah. and you're walking in the sand, how your legs feel afterwards. Uh, yeah. All right? This thing conditions your knees. It's a rehab and prehab tool. I have one at the house rehab, I and I it. wear it. I mean, I use it all the time. I'm telling you, I, I'm never getting rid of it. it. It's on my list. I, Especially uh, to get ready for surfing, one of the things that, because I stand all the time, so yeah. I've got tight ankles. Yeah. These shoes, these Vibram Five fingers helped me a ton, um, and I also do all kinds of things yeah. because I enjoy it, you know. Yeah. And, and working on wobble boards and Bosu balls and on balance trainers and yeah. and one one legged, you know, balance stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Shut eye shut. But uh, this thing called a, a Rotex motion. 
<laughs> it's, it's weird. I still haven't even fully figured out how to use it. <laughs> That's part of the fun, though. Part of the fun for me, being here 26 years, yeah. there's still stuff that comes in that is new to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so interesting. Or it might be 50 years old, but I promise you nobody's ever seen it. Or, or right. most people in the world haven't seen it. So I think that's why people like shopping here. But um, uh, One of the reasons, maybe. But uh, this Rotex Motion, it's it, these little um, little discs you stand on that, okay. that, that spin. And they're at a little angle, depending on which way like you face it. Like counterclockwise to each other? Yeah, okay. yeah, kind of facing in. Or you can turn them, too. But, uh, and then... It's like on a spring, so you'd stand and, and maybe uh, rotate your, 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 your feet out, uh, you know, 10, yeah. 20, 40 degrees, whatever, and there's measurements on there, uh-huh. and just hold it, and it puts a, a torque and things on, on different oh, parts of your hip. Oh, okay. Or you, or you rock it in and, and hold it with that tension. I got you, yeah. Very little tension, doesn't seem like much. Yeah. But when well, you step, you step up off. Your, your performance. Yeah. Your, oh, God, Oh, yeah. man, and so it... Okay, uh, that makes sense. Um you know the couple videos I did pull up and look. It showed like some, some baseball like pitchers and stuff. Yeah, they were training with them and that go- would actually golfers. that sounds like it would be a good um, assistance exercise for squatting. Actually, well, t- yes. So whenever I'm doing you know leg day, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which my daughter swears I'm skipping, <laughs> but I'm not. If you're listening, thanks for the support. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit that just for a few minutes beforehand. And again, I'm not even. Hundred percent sure I'm fully doing it right, yeah. but what I do feels incredible, and it does definitely feels like it engages the hips, and like okay now I'm ready to got you, got you. do do squats or yeah, lunges yeah. or leg presses or you know whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Whatever. Cool. Yeah. So all right, so what uh, what are the what do you want to do with your your site? What, what do you have hopes for in 2021 with Garage Gym Life Media? Well, the thing that's very exciting for us um, is that. We were given the opportunity, uh, starting in late 2018, to begin going to mid-sized competitions, um, strongman competitions, grip comp- grip sport competitions, and powerlifting meets. Uh, yeah, I and saw, to live I saw one them. of your videos. Yeah, you were you were promoting a strongman competition yes. coming up. So there's a strongman competition. It's uh, an Arnold Fitness Expo. It's a so you know you have all these sports at Arnold Fitness Expo. Yeah. So. Um, this competition is a qualifier to go to the Arnold to compete, and Arnold is possible is probably the second biggest fitness expo in the world. Most competitions that is are, he the that biggest there, name in the, all of the oh, fitness yeah. industry? Yeah, to this day, yeah, so gotta be. Which right. is funny because he's not Who's like impacted more. He's the Eugene Sandow of our day. <laughs> yeah, and so people say, oh well, Eugene Sandow was the Arnold of his day. It just depends on your perspective, but Jack yeah, Lane if not for yes. So if you look at like Eugene Sandow. Arguably, Charles Atlas, yeah, Jack yeah. Lalanne, um, and Arnold, and and even Joe Weider. You can say that without those men, we wouldn't have fitness the way it is now. Yeah, you're right, right? about that. So each one of them was instrumental. Some women in there too. In, yeah, what well, each one of these people were instrumental in making fitness something that not just athletes did. And I think that the reason why fitness used to be something that only athletes did is because. Uh, people had more of a manual labor, a more active lifestyle in general. So the need to work out for health wasn't actually there yeah. because people were just active in general. So an athlete worked out because they were trying to get past that base level of fitness that everybody had. So imagine if everybody's in shape, reasonably in shape, and now we're going to go compete in something, you have to train because everybody's in reasonably good shape, mm-hmm. right? And so the idea of working out was just a foreign concept. 
And so without those people, as especially as we become of a more sedentary society, without Arnold specifically, I don't think that we would have working out be such a part of the national uh, habit. It's funny because we don't do enough of it, but the idea of working out is not a foreign concept to people. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'll also say probably Greg Glassman. I, I don't do CrossFit, but Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, uh. he came up with another way to do fitness because the, the value of CrossFit, is, for people who don't have a lot of time, is you can get a very good workout in very little time. It's an amazing program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, like, what, 15 minutes and you're smoked and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm done for the day. <laughs> Medic! You know? So, and, and there are people who crave, like I said, people do it for therapy, like for mental therapy. Yeah. There are people who crave that feeling, that feeling like I just pushed myself to the wall and I survived it because now it makes the rest of your day so much easier. Like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, says he launches his day with a workout because if he, I conquer that, I can do anything else today. Look, look at what you just accomplished. Yeah. Anything else is a piece of cake. I mean, yeah. So so what we're trying to do, um, though, is one thing that motivates people who tend to work out in a home gym, I mentioned all the different things that I've competed in, um, is to show people things. Because sometimes... I, so that's why you're promoting the strong man. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, yes, it's it's partially because I want these these sports that I have grown to love myself mm -hmm. because I watched them in my, in my home gym or I encountered them or whatever. Um, because I want the athletes at these mid-sized competitions that really are being ignored by everybody else, I want them to be able to get their place in the sun. They worked hard and they, they deserve and they appreciate the fact that somebody will put them on display and make them the star for the yeah. day, right? But the larger reason is because at a certain point, uh, just having music on is not enough to get you through some workouts. Mm. So on those days, we would put Pumping Iron, uh, greatest, Arnold. Greatest We'd throw that on and work out to the point where I can come say... Come on, let's get serious. Yeah, we have... Come on, Eddie. Keep going. Keep going, Eddie. All right? I mean, we like all know it. My kids By grew heart, up listening yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. You know, I'm like, even the part where uh, Arnold and I think Arnold and Ed Corny are in the shower naked and they're showering but they're looking at they stop and they're hey look at my arms they're flexing <laughs> yeah. and stuff I'm not, I'm not sure I said we couldn't wait for this conversation until we got out of the shower <laughs> yeah. but that you need to have sometimes you you have something on that just motivates you to push yourself right yeah. and so we have a very interactive format where we're I'm talking to the camera I'm, I'm talking to the people who are in the audience we're explaining the sport so you've never heard of this sport so we're explaining the rules of it to you um, and then also because some of the athletes have their family members watching because they can't be there. Yeah. Even before COVID, you couldn't always travel to everything. Um, their hard work come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm mean, hey, this is what your, your nephew, your son, this is what he's trying to do right now. Mm -hmm. This is why this is important. And so what's really big for us is expanding that so that the goal is to have at least one of them every, um, every month. And that is a very big deal to me, especially. And I want to—I know that we're running short on time, but I want to say yeah, this. we're we're fine. I just uh, yeah. And so, um, the the thing is that doing these live streams is important because you got these people who are competing, and maybe their family members can't come. And even before COVID, you had people who couldn't come to everything. I mean, you know, you got to travel. And so, um, I remember this guy came up to me early on when we first started doing this. I was at a strongman competition here in Georgia. It was the Central Georgia Strongest Man competition at the Macon Farmers Market. And I'm yeah. here, I'm out there in the, 
there's middle of nothing, really. And this guy comes up. He says, hey, man, I'm from Texas, and I appreciate you doing this. I mean, we had started getting those things. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome, dude. He said, no, you don't understand. Yeah. My parents are in a nursing home. They've never been able to watch me compete until today because oh. you're live streaming this. Oh, man. How can you not want to do that? I get, I got a chill just saying that just now. Well, see, me too. And that's what's so yeah. beautiful about, I mean, what you do, your, your, your site, I think about this podcast or whatever. Yeah. It, it's just the, the, the us, the common man. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're not up on most, or even the people that don't get up on that stage. Yeah. But by seeing that, their workouts at home are a little better. Yeah. Their lives are impacted by that. And it's, uh, we sure appreciate uh, yeah. your effort because I know it's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, it is, but I mean, think about it. There's, so there's multiple reactions. You're working on a home gym and you see it. Huh, I could do that. I can do that. That looks interesting. I, I ought to try that. Or just whatever, right? And then you never know. Boom, there, there's the next champion of the sport and of whatever the sport is. And they would never have found out about it if they didn't see it. Mm. So that's one possible outcome from it. So I just changed the world for that person, right? Right. Another thing that can happen is you hear the crowd yelling. This guy's like, or this woman is pushing herself to get this max effort squat or something like that. The crowd's cheering, right? So, well, maybe you're in the middle of your set. You hear the crowd cheering. Yeah. It's like they're cheering for you. You're like, come on, come on, let's go, go. And you're like, all right, that's another possible outcome. Yeah. I just helped your workout be better. It's a lot better than just having stuff on. And, I mean, I've been, Jay, a lot of the reason why I'm doing this is because I've been, having done this, like I said, working out from home for 20 years, I've been through all of these iterations where I'm just like, man, I wish this had been there, right? And so... I've been in a situation where I would put, I went through a phase where I listened to talk radio while I would work out because it's guaranteed that somebody would call in to say something that I didn't agree with. It would make me mad and it'd fire me up and I'd get through the set, right? No matter what the, the topic was, no matter which side of the topic I was on, somebody's yeah. going to call in to argue. I'm going to not agree with them and I'm going to get fired up, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going, go for a run. I'm still thinking about what that idiot just said. <laughs> Three miles done. Okay, no problem. Um, but then also, in terms of doing like the home gym tours that we do on our on our site, the pro- point of that is I recognize that some people are just now building their home gyms because of COVID. And what do you need? Inspiration. So it's like watching, I actually kind of modeled it off that old show with Robin Leach, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Right, yeah. Uh, and then there was another show on MTV called MTV Cribs. Oh, yeah. And people say, hey, welcome, you know, this, hey, I'm so-and-so, welcome to my home. Well, I just said, let's do it like that and have people just come in and they'll just show you around uh, their home gym and then you see the stuff or like all the shows on HGTV they'll show you the house and you start getting ideas for your own house you're right so this is going to help you put together your own home gym and again people are so proud of their gym yeah because oh. it's personal yeah so there's that so it gives you it's an educational tool and it's motivation and then the Mo- live streams load again. up weight on the bars for when company comes over yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah you finish the like cameras the, rolling. Look. What's the thing we all say? Like, if I get hurt on the bench press, a good spotter would add two more plates to each side and then call nine one one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you do. That's a friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, the live streams of the strength sports. They are education because you learn about a sport that you've never seen before. Yeah. We tell you about technique points in the sport. So if you already do that sport, you just learn something to help you in your right. own pursuit of the craft, or it's just motivation, education, motivation. The home gym tours. I showed you some ways that you can put together your home gym. I motivated you to create your own. Education, motivation, 
Then we awesome. have, um, there's a segment that I'm really proud of called Ask a Trainer. And really every single question that I ever get, I try to, I reach out to somebody who I know is an expert in that area, yeah. and I ask them that question, and I ask them, hey, just do a video about this topic. And so we're building this database. We probably got about, literally, even though we don't have as many videos as I, as I want, um, I mean, we got a fair number it takes time, in, yeah. in this playlist, but we already have over a hundred years of, of combined experience on that playlist. I believe it. Okay. You've got different body, body parts, bodybuilders, uh, functional fitness people, mm. just different people explaining, Hey, how could you do this? Right. And in the ask a trainer playlist, you can just look at it and they'll just say something as simple as, um, how to stay, uh, on track with your diet over the holidays. Little tips for that. We've got one that I love. It's how to use a food scale. Like mechanically, how do you yeah. use a food scale, right? How do you use a food you scale? Because you know. hear people say, oh, well, you need to weigh your food. Well, if you don't know what you're doing, that's intimidating. And the guy says, okay, well, I'll show you how to use it. It's just like this. Step one, you do this, you do this. You do, like, and also, he has a, a thing. Uh, he said, by the way, he said, you take a, he said, you take a scoop of peanut butter, right? Take the scoop of peanut butter. He said, well, what do most of us do? This is why it throws you off. You know, what a lot of you, you might be doing. You take the scoop of peanut butter. You scrape it into the cup or whatever that you're going to put on the scale. Well, what do you do with the spoon that you use? You, yeah, you lick the spoon. And we don't think about the calories that are on the spoon that we just licked. That doesn't count. Right. It's just the calories that are in the cup that get counted, right? So it's little things like that. And so once again, now you see it, you watch that playlist, and you're like, hey, you know what? I can do this. And I just learned something new. Education, motivation. Beautiful. So those are the things that I'm really proud of. I'm trying to build our channel up to uh, as many subscribers as possible. Not just because I want to just be, say I got 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, or, you know, because when we got to 10,000 followers on Instagram, my life changed, but not really, okay? Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I promise, I still got to get up and go That's to work. That's great, yeah, like yeah, show up yeah, tomorrow. Whatever, yeah. exactly, you know? But more because when you, the more um, followers we have, the more subscribers we have, the greater my access to people becomes. So now if I reach out to someone like more the guy, they're like, they'll take me seriously, they'll grant me the interview, which means I can pull on more people's knowledge to help my fellow home gym owners. Awesome. So that's what I'm excited about. All right, man. Well, you, anything you want to finish with on top of that? If you're listening to this, first of all, I appreciate you hanging out. One of my favorite podcasts say, if you listen this far, I owe you a beer. Okay, so <laughs> I can't give you a beer, all right? Uh, we're socially distanced, but if you listen this far, I really do appreciate you. You got my sincere thanks. Please check out Garage Gym Life Media on YouTube uh, and check out at Garage Gym Life Media on Instagram. And then we also have a digital magazine. It's the only magazine in the world that's written by and for home gym owners. It's called the Home Gym Quarterly. You go to garagemlifemedia.com. We've got links to all of that stuff right there. And one way or another, we're going to get you what you need to start training at home, to continue training at home. In effect, I want you to be an athlete who trains at home. Well, Mr. John Greaves III, you've uh, you've helped me a lot. Appreciate it. I enjoy your, your uh, YouTube channel. I really do. And, uh, again, this Play More podcast, guys like you, that's what it's all about. Help us all. Keep the faith, keep the fight going, and, uh, you know, just keep, you know, getting better. Yeah. All right? Yes, sir. So take care, buddy. Take care, guys. Happy New Year again. Bye-bye. Okay, sorry, we said bye, but I still have more questions. <laughs> so, I can't edit like you, dude, so oh, okay. it just rolls. <laughs> okay, that's fine. 
So you have some other things going on too. You got your YouTube channel. Yeah. And what what else? You've got several things going. So on. we we have so Instagram. Instagram is basically just you know kind of like brand awareness. But we have a magazine, uh, a, a digital magazine. It's completely free. Um, it's not free to produce. So what we're trying to do is get advertisers to pay the costs so we can pay our writers and contributors. But it's free to the reader because we, we don't want to have any barriers to you guys reading it. And it's on a platform called Issue. But you can also just get it directly from any one of our YouTube videos. Just go to the description and the link will be there. Okay. And it will also be at garagemlikemedia.com when you visit it. And the point of it is, um, when I was starting out, so like I said, 2001, home, I got my first home gym, right? And social media did not exist. I remember when MySpace started, okay? Oh, gosh, and yeah. you weren't talking about exercise on MySpace. So, uh, we were playing mobsters on MySpace Is and other right? games like that, yeah. But, um, so you had to get information from somewhere. You didn't have access to coaches and trainers and athletes like you do now. So most of what we got, where, most of where we got our information from, especially when I was training at home gym, was from magazines. And so magazines were very impactful in my, um, and influential in my development as a person who trained at home. As I said, I, I had a certification from the National Strength and Conditioning Association, as well as the Cooper um, Clinic for Aerobic Research, um, uh, that's in uh, Dallas, Texas, started by Kenneth Cooper. Um, but, and then I had all these certifications, but when I, I still needed fresh ideas. So the two things that impacted me were a site called T Nation, a book by Stuart McRobert called Brawn, and then I read a lot of Iron Man magazine and then a smattering of muscle and fitness. And so every month I would look forward to getting these issues mm -hmm. and I'd read the magazines. But the thing that bothered me was that every uh, training article was geared towards someone who trained in a public gym and had access to a ton of different kinds of equipment. Oh, that's right. So I would always have to modify things, right? And so what I envisioned was a magazine that would be written from the perspective of a home gym owner. So we have different things in there, not just about working out. I mean, we had, uh, just for example, uh, you, your gym is in the basement, so you don't have to worry about this, but if someone in a garage gym is gonna have issues with the bugs in the summer, right? So we have an article about the best way to keep the bugs out. And then, well, when it starts getting cold, this is something that you do have to deal with, uh, in the cold. Well, what are the best ways to heat your home gym? All right, so we go through the things. If you have an outdoor gym, let's say your gym is in your backyard, we have articles about what's the best way to, uh, you wanna put a covering over your gym. Is it, do you want a gazebo style covering? Do you wanna just have it open to the elements and just put a tarp across the weights? That kind of thing. So we have a lot of different things written from the perspective of a home gym owner, as well as training articles and, and things like that. So uh, you can, like I said, get that on our website at garagemlifemedia.com. You just click it, it will take you to the issue platform, or you can go to whatever your uh, app store is, whether it's the a Apple store or the um, Google Play store, and you can download issue, I-S-S-U-U -S -S -U um, is the app, and just look up Garage Room Life Media and you'll see our publications starting back with fall of 2018, it was our first issue, and uh, we've had every three months we've had an issue since then. Okay, so quarterly. Yeah, so yeah, so it's called the Home Gym Quarterly, and it. Uh, I mean, we've had tons of stuff on there. We've covered Highland Games, Strongman, Powerlifting. Just, it's really exciting to, to do those things. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, and all and all geared from the home gym mindset. From yeah, primarily from a from a home gym perspective, and I also say something about the fact that it's a. Uh, 
we had even had so all of last year uh, we had um, a, uh, a training series so the idea was you start out you know you, whatever issue you get is the training article that issue is focused on a different kind of fitness and so we had the guy write so like every three months it takes you you do this art you get the magazine and you just do the workout that's in the magazine for three months and then at the end of three months, here comes another issue with the next step in the training progression. And so it's a year's worth of training for you. And, and written by the same? Written by the same author. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about Rob, uh, the guy who wrote it, is Rob is what I, a student of strength. He has competed in powerlifting, strongman, run a marathon. He's a fan. He's done Wim Hof classes. Uh, he's a strong first. For those who know about kettles, he's a strong first certified instructor. And... Um, so he writes from the perspective of, he calls it simplify fitness, right? He's also, he, his job is being an um, a online coach. And so he's written books for his clients as well who are all remote coaching because he's moved around for his wife's job, right? They moved around to different places. So he's writing from the perspective of being a dad himself. Uh, he's a stay-at-home dad because he can do his work from home. Mm -hmm. So he's got a little kid. He writes from the perspective of someone who's a stay-at-home with young kids, but who also wants to be able to achieve greatly in fitness and have, you know, be able to play with the kids and do everything else, maybe compete in things Give here and there. Give people the tools so they can do that right. too. Right. So he doesn't have a bunch of complicated stuff there. I mean, he's got things like, hey, your kid's got a sled? All right, load that sucker up with something and you can get a workout with this. But at the same time, he doesn't patronize you. I promise you the workouts are tough um, because if you do have weights at home like I do, you can follow his workouts. Mm -hmm. It's He just makes it possible for you to use whatever tools you have at your disposal, which is different from something written from the perspective of a public gym because they're going to say, okay, you got a full gym, do, let's say, hamstring curls with a with a, um, a selectorized machine. Well, what if I don't have that? right? Or they'll say, oh, well, if you don't have that, well, you can, you know, uh, you can do body weight stuff at home. I guess you get some, you know, whatever. Like, some they don't have a middle ground. Soup. You get some cans of soup and new curls, yeah. They don't have a middle ground. And we write from the perspective of saying, okay, well, here's what you can do, and it works with the most basic equipment, and it works with a gym that's fully kitted out with whatever you want. Because we wrote it from the other perspective. What if you are in a home gym, and you want to do this program? What do you have, you know? It's kind of like a, there's a group called Street Parking, and that's got a CrossFit base. Um, is really, really popular, and they have three levels of it. It's A, B, and C, and each level is based upon what you may have available. Uh, okay. Coach Dan John has a workout calculator. Coach Dan John was an All-American, and he is probably one of the greatest writers in fitness history. He wouldn't say that, but he is one of the greatest writers. He's very, very influential. He's the reason that so many people are doing sandbag training. Is that right? Okay. All right. With the, you know, he's, the re he's the reason why people are doing a lot of sled dragging. Um, he's well. He's one of the reasons. He, uh, the Prowler sled is another thing from Elite FTS. But but Coach Dan John is one of the reasons. Um, he is the one who developed the gallop, the goblet squat that a lot of people are doing now. Coach Dan John came up with that. Okay, and so anyway, um, he has a workout calculator. And what you do is you go in the calculator and you put in what you have, and you put in your goal, and he generates a workout for you. How about that? So he's not on. So you can just no go to excuses. you can go to danjohn.net and like I said, I'm not possessive about this stuff. My, I'm an information conduit, and I want people to be able to find out stuff. And so we, well, we have the, the magazine. Yeah, the art of exercise. Nobody, even Arnold, ever masters. No, 
and it's a beauty. It's a lifelong journey, and we continue to adapt and create yeah. and pull information from and experiment and yeah. and based on our whatever's going on with our bodies at that time. For those who are um, enthused enough to keep it consistent and, and stay yeah. with their workouts and year after year after year. Well, scientifically, you understand that because of cellular reproduction, um, every couple of days you're an entirely new person. So that person that can't line. have the same fitness needs. So to keep on re- replicating that for five years, how can that person five years down the road have the exact same fitness needs as the person five years before whose cells have been reproduced millions of billions of times? So, okay, so... Um I like to do like uh, you know workout videos and stuff. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of P90X and things like that. My wife like is that. all into that. She's doing 21 Day Fix right now. Yeah, I mean She's I think it's all good. It's I've together, done it too. Yeah, put together by you know smart trainers and well thought out programs and things like that. But 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 maybe the thing that's lacking is, is the direction of a trainer who can watch maybe if your form's slightly off or you're not right. you're holding your breath or something. So how do we combat that in our home gym? A garage gym workout routines so the easiest way okay so there's a pre-covid 19 and this will apply to post-covid 19 okay? okay so that's that'll be my first tip because to me this is the best way to do it and then i'll say okay but temporarily here's the fix that i would go with yeah. so the first thing i'm going to tell you is what i would do if covid didn't exist or if we already had the vaccine here uh, already rolled out to everybody okay what i would do is at least once a year I would sign up for a seminar or workshop and I would go and get training at that workshop. A tune-up. Yeah, because they're going to uh, coach so you. smart, yeah. They're going to coach you. They'll see what you're doing. You're going to hear new ideas or you'll hear the same ideas over said in a different way. But the important thing is instead of having, you know, if you're one of the people who doesn't want to have a personal trainer or an online coach, just go to this class. Once a you pick a class, I don't care what it's on. Yeah, you'll learn I was actually new. planning yeah. on doing a class on barefoot running, all right, okay, and then yeah. all this stuff happened. But yeah, you'll go there and they will watch you, and they will see all of the little compensations that you come up with, mm. and they will correct them and tweak them, and you'll be you'll come away from there Take more aware of your body, yeah. and it will make your workouts better. And so, if you really love yourself, you do it twice a year, uh-huh. right? Because now you get every six months two hits where people will correct you. And do different, don't do the same courses all over and over. You want to go to different things. I mean, if you want to go, so if you're doing two a year, then yes, you could continue to repeat the same course. But I get your point. But then have a new one, a new one, yeah, just so just do different things. That's what I mean by Rob as a student of strength. That's one of the things he does. He does a lot of courses. A Um, student. Yeah. um, Another way way is to compete, right? So let's say you do a training, you do a clinic once a year. And you sign up for some sort of competition once a year. But most people aren't going to do that. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be powerlifting or. or I mean, you could do a, a 5K. Okay. All right. So the point is that when you you think you're in shape, uh, you so think you you're there. Yourself. Right. So you have to have something that will test you. Well, and it I could be it. something you just test yourself by hey, yourself. That's, but that's my you surfing. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. There you go. You need to have a thing that you're training for motivation and it will show you if where your training is lacking <laughs> yeah but it needs to be something that you don't do so frequently that your body is just kind of programmed to be yeah, able to do it, to it you yeah. can kind of cruise through it so the surfing thing works for you because while you do it often it's infrequent enough that yeah. your body tells you 
Whoa. what you're lacking on, and you go, oh, okay, I got to start adding that yeah. back in. So those are the two things I would do. Yeah. That's that's the COVID is not an issue recommendation, sure. right? And that's how we got out of yeah. anyway. But then uh, COVID being an issue, at least until people get vaccinated or just whatever, what I would also do is reach out to there are several competent coaches out there. Um, in the Ask a Trainer playlist on our YouTube channel, we've got yeah. people who, and even we do interviews with people as well. Look in there, we'll have their contact information, and a lot of them take on clients, and they will communicate with you virtually. You'll send them like a video of yourself or whatever, and they'll check it out. Or it's live; they're on there watching. Yeah, or they're and watching you. Um, and and it's I would say that method is less expensive than getting something like the mirror. Or what, I'm not saying the mirror doesn't work. I'm just saying okay. like you can you're not um, harnessed to the people that are doing the mirror. Right. Instead, you can pick out somebody who is involved with something that you care about. Yeah. So you can get a, a kettlebell coach, you can get a powerlifting coach, a When again, the coach, mirror isn't going to say, hey, you're... you're or Peloton, even. You're leaning forward. It's not necessarily, or Peloton's yeah. not going to say, hey, you're Exactly, your right. Whatever. So, for example, um, I, knew, I interviewed a bodybuilder named uh, Stephanie McNeil. She has an awesome home gym. It's so awesome. It's got an upstairs and downstairs. Okay, um, literally, and also in downstairs. And so she actually, uh, when we, during the conversation, I said, well, what about posing? And she was talking about the value of posing and how that helps you with posture and everything else. I said, well, that's what, an example of what I'm talking about. Have somebody, she's got clients who uh, she coaches in posing for, remotely. Mm -hmm. And she can stand there and look at you as you're posing and you're turning, whatever. Well, if you go through a bodybuilding posing session, guess what? You just became more body aware because now you're like, well, how am I... Hey, just talking about it, I just realized I changed my posture. Me too, dude. I just yeah, changed, I changed my... Just talking about it, yeah. You can become aware, right? And I think that's a lot of what we need is that we start to kind of gloss over the little conversations we make. Like, just sit down in a chair. We're not... Yeah. Most of us don't sit into a chair. We sit down part of the way and then drop. Yeah. Right? And we never think about it like that. So, things like that Taking, uh, getting an online coach, even if you say, hey, look, I just need you for six weeks, that person is going to, and you just say, I want yeah. you to critique my form, they will do form checks for you. Yeah. And that's Take a, that another easy rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. And it's not super expensive. I mean, I have I priority said, okay, well, I can't spend on this? Yeah, but I'm looking at what's important hey, to me. Life's full of sacrifices. I mean, like I said, I mean, anything I've ever bought, I've had to make sacrifices, and yeah. buying my home gym stuff was no different. And how... How important is that? And, and I would also make the point, too, that, and this is something that I think home gym owners need to think about, if you are a home gym owner, we have the temptation to, buy, to keep buying more stuff. And I recognize why we do it, because it's part of motivating you to keep training, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing you got to think about, though, is um, you really don't need 25 barbells. You, you don't. Yeah, yeah. So how about... Yeah, people come once, become collectors in, right. in this little culture. So what I would do is hold off on that barbell and pay for training. Ah, Take that same money you were going to spend anyway yeah. and pay for some sort of training course that Brilliant. will make you better able to use the barbells you already have. Because the problem that you're trying to correct with that bar may be something that's correctable with a uh, better technique a form or a different yeah. technique. Because your technique might be spot on, but what if... Um, well, it's like this. If, if you... if you, uh, I got it. I got yeah, it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So I deadlift sumo. Meaning, okay, yeah. uh, when I deadlift, I put my hands down between my legs to yes. deadlift. Prior to that, the way that I discovered deadlifting was by watching someone out in the public gym, and I was watching someone deadlift who had their hands on the outside of their legs, which is called conventional. Yeah. Okay? So, 
my form was good for conventional deadlifting, but I wasn't making progress. And then someone, I was at a course, I, I took a clinic, a powerlifting clinic, and the guy looked at me and he said, um, uh, and other people had tried to help me and all that, but this guy, he looked at me, he said, hey, let me show you something. And he showed me how to sumo. And at the time when I was conventional deadlifting, I had a 400-pound deadlift. And I just told you that in October I was headed for 600. So, because uh, I had just done 500 pounds nine times. Just just doing it slightly By doing differently. It different. My form wasn't bad. It's just I was using a technique that was better suited for someone else's body. Yeah. Or, or it's just like if... Uh, if, okay, I want to lift dumbbells. That's great. You can get in a fantastic body, but it's different than holding a barbell where you're yeah. stabilized. So one doesn't replace the other in exactly. either direction. And then add, you that, the, add that, add that, little cable, little yeah. this, little whatever. So it's not bad or good, but the thing is that doing the, if you take the money, instead of saying, well, I've got this problem, I need to buy another gadget, uh, yeah. maybe take the money and have someone check your form because the problem might be you're <laughs> trying to do something that you're not built for like I can't do uh, what we call skull crushers I can't do those because of how my leverages are they hurt my elbows uh, but I can do a decline I can do a de so I can't do them on a flat bench but I can do them decline with uh, dumbbells how about that and there's no pain but I wouldn't have known that if somebody hadn't said hey, hey why don't you this. try this exactly uh, how about that so that's what I mean by it's there's real value in taking a class. And you got to think about it. You're not paying this person to be your boss for the rest of your life. You're going to a course, and they're even starting to have virtual certifications now. Yeah. So you're taking a workshop or something like that. It's one weekend, and you come away from there, and that could change your life. Yeah. Literally change your sumo de Learning the sumo deadlift changed my life. Well, listen, when I first started working out seriously, yeah. I, I, you know, I met a trainer, yeah. and he just kind of looked at me and sized me up and just uh -huh. could tell all my imbalances. Yeah. And I was. I was in a bad way. My back was pitched forward, you know, whatever. And so he kind of rebuilt me. But you touched on it earlier. You know, you don't be the guy that, you know, walk around with a chicken breast or whatever to yeah. your friends. But I'm no competitive level anything, right? Uh -huh. But even for me, when, when I was first getting into it and working out with this trainer, because I had young kids at the time, you know, I might not be able to work out with them until you know nine o'clock at night. It was really yeah. after I got the kids to bed. Yeah. But say it was after one of my son's baseball games or something, and we'd go to someone else's parents' house, and everyone's you know swilling beers and and eating food and stuff. And I'd know I have to train here in an hour. Yeah. And and so I, I wouldn't do all that stuff, yeah. and and I would then go to train. And and my trainer was so good because he would be like, "Don't let anybody." I mean. If they look at it like you're being odd or weird, yeah. it's the opposite that's true. Well, your friends will adapt. They will. They'll understand. Oh, that's look. I went on a. It's not really a fast. I mean, I fasted as well. Okay, but this wasn't a fast. What I was doing, um, I went uh, 21 days taking this meal replacement, just this meal replacement, and I don't necessarily advocate doing that. <laughs> I was doing it specifically because uh, I was, so I was supposed to be reviewing the product. And I said, okay, you said that it's, it's this good and it's all this and that. Yeah. Well, guess what? If it's as good as you say, I'll be able to live on just it. So I said, let me get 21 days supply and I'll do it. And I'll document how I feel and everything else, right? And uh, long story short, yes, I was able to do it. Uh, I did have to add some uh, heavy whipping cream, kind of like old Rio Blair from the uh, bodybuilding, uh, early bodybuilding days. Had to, um, Vince Geronda is probably the name that more people know about, but Rio Blair was the one that was he was adding heavy whipping cream to the shakes or whatever. But anyway, so I, then that's just for cal calorie content. Sure. But anyway, my point is, 
that um, during that time, uh, the sequel to Spider-Man, it was Spider-Man Far From Home came out, okay? And one of our things is we go see Marvel movies together as a family, I mean, until COVID, right? So we went to go see Spider-Man Homecoming, I mean, Spider-Man Far From Home. So I'm there with my, I was only allowed to have this shake, right? I'm not allowed to have anything else. I'm just going, I can have this shake. Nobody flinched. They all got popcorn. They all got whatever snacks they were getting, and I sat there, and I just drank yeah, my shake. You do you, man. Yeah, cool. and they were just like, okay, it's fine. It's what Dad's doing. And they didn't even offer me any of their stuff yeah. because they understood that was going to hold me back. Your family and friends will adapt to anything. I went over our friend, a friend's house. We went out, like, went over a friend's house during that time period to, um, this was our first time going over there to meet with these people. You know, you get together, have dinner, whatever. Sure, yeah. So we're going to play games, um, Whatever. I said, okay, cool. Go over there. Can I get you anything? And I said, um, can you give me some coffee? That's all I want. That's right. So they're like, really? They bring me the coffee. I pour it in my shaker bottle, and I shake it up. And uh, I said, bring me coffee and ice. Ice, yeah. Right? Because you, uh, what you call a public service announcement, do not put hot coffee in a shaker bottle and shake it. It will explode. It'll explode, yeah. yeah. So I put ice in there, and I poured the... Um, the protein shake on top, the meal replacement shake on top of it, let it cool off, shook it up and drank it while everybody else was eating. They're like, what are you doing? And I just explained to them, they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. They're, yeah. like, well, how does it, they're like, well, how does it taste? And I said, well, it actually tastes pretty good, especially if you put it with coffee. That's why I said I wanted coffee, but also because I understand that the concept of hospitality is you get there and the people want to feel like they've served you uh, something. Yeah. So but that's another thing I would do. Whatever, yeah. Say, hey, can you bring me this? So even when people come to my house now, they're like, my wife says, hey, can I get you anything? They say, no. I said, don't do that. My wife is a very hospitable person. She's going to feel bad. Tell her you want some water. Just tell her you want some water. You refuse my grandmother's gifts. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't feel right. So just say, hey, yeah, can you give me some water? I'm really, thir- I'm really, really thirsty. All right? And she'll go get him some water, and yeah. she'll feel better. Yeah, isn't that true? I hope she doesn't listen to this because she doesn't know I tell people that. I'll say, <laughs> if you don't want anything, just tell her you want some water. But that's those are ways that you can not be that person. And then most of the year, like I said, if you are accessible and you're open and honest with them and you work around, you know, like you, then they're not going to try to derail you. Hey, and so be it anyway. Listen, you've got your your thoughts and beliefs. If you're doing some good things for yourself out there, don't stop for anybody. I mean, think about if you were a recovering alcoholic. Let's put it in those terms. If you were a recovering alcoholic, do you think your friends would try to get you a beer? Yeah, you're trying to better understand. Even if everybody else is drinking and you said... uh, you know, they're like, hey, what do you want to drink? And you said, well, give me a sweet tea. They know you're a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, That's what they'll bring not you. not going to push it. You're true. People do adapt. If they're really your friends, people will adapt. So what? Uh, what's the future of commercial gyms? I think that there's always going to be room for commercial gyms. Um, if for no other reason than the fact that people travel. That's when I visit commercial gyms, if I'm out of town. Yeah, same. I, I enjoy going into a yeah. mom-and-pop gym or whatever. Because fitness is a part of my life. That's right. So if I'm out of town, I find a gym, I go in there, and I actually get ideas from my home gym while I'm in this public gym. Sure. Like, okay. The, the, the funny thing is I always walk away from there appreciating my home gym because there's always something that I, I look at and I'm just like, really? What? Because, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's like getting a suit. You're used to custom-tailored. And then you get a suit just off the rack. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. Have to make this work today. Yeah, it doesn't matter how expensive it is. It's it's like new shoes you just got, right? Doesn't matter how expensive they are. They're not broken in. They're not your shoes yet, right? So, I think that there's always going to be room for that. 
And then you also have people who are transient. So if I lived, well, if I lived in an apartment, I would still figure out a way to have a home gym. But you have people who are not going to be in a fixed Uh, location. You might have multiple people in the apartment and you don't have no room for it. Yeah, you don't have room for a gym. So I think that there's still going to be a place for commercial gyms. And I think also that there are a lot of people who enjoy using their home gym for convenience, but who enjoy... um, Community mindset. Right, so they use a public gym as a third place instead of the bar. Instead Um, of the other way around, going to the gym and supplementing at home. They're working at home and supplementing the gym. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So I think that there's always going to be a place... Yeah, there's going to be a place for that. And I think that what hopefully this makes people realize, though, is that if fitness is really, really important to you, you cannot allow it to be controlled by someone else's schedule. Because even before COVID, what uh, a lot of times, um, even if it's a, uh, a 24-hour place, stuff will come up and they'd have to close the gym. Sure. Remember the ice apocalypse that we had yeah. here in Atlanta a few years ago? Oh, yeah. Okay, well. It took me four hours to go to Woodstock. Yeah, so that means no gym, right? Not for me. Well, not if you're working out at a gym. I'm working out at home, but if you're working out at the gym, now you're stuck. And so I think that COVID has shown people that. And so that's all I ask is for people, just because I not because I don't get any money because you get a home gym. Okay, well, I mean it'll help Jay out. Yeah, definitely. But I'm saying like, if fitness is important, you create some way to pursue your fitness goals at home, and then keep your gym membership if you want. Yeah. It doesn't bother me a bit. All the things we spend money on. I mean, who cares? My only problem with the gym is whenever I go there, I get afflicted with the disease called ILS. <laughs> Imaginary lat syndrome? Yeah, invisible lat syndrome. <laughs> There's nothing like being so flared out. Yeah. I can't walk through the door. Yeah, it, wor- it works best if you're wearing uh, one of those white wife beater shirts. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's when it, um, it's at its worst. <laughs> All right, Playmore. I promise we'll stop now. We'll do this again, though, if you want. Yeah, you wait five it. minutes. Just don't yeah, cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll think of another question. John Greaves III, Garage Gym Life Media. Thanks for having me. Take care, buddy. Bye, guys. All right. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, this has been brought to you by Play It Again Sports in Kennesaw. And if you like the Play More podcast, just please do us a favor. uh, Subscribe. Uh, You can rate and review it. Share it with anyone you think might like it. Uh, Don't forget, you can always email the show at surferj one at gmail.com. That's S-U-R-F-E-R-J-A-Y, the number one, at gmail.com. And I'll reply. Also, you can check us out on Instagram at P-I-A Sports Kennesaw. Uh, So, just go take care of yourself and be strong, safe, less vulnerable, and be able to do the things you want to do. And play more.